You may be seated. And if you would join with me in the opening prayer as printed in our bulletin. Let us pray. Eternal God, in visions and dreams, you offer us hope for a new tomorrow. Amidst life's storms and raging waters, be with us in our time of need. Reveal to us the great works we are capable of, that we may rise above our narrow purposes and be of service to the world. Bless our journeys, that it may become us. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And if the children can come up for children's moment, I would love it. Good morning. Okay. Are we are we on? Oh, we are. Good. We are going to talk today about faith. And the scripture reading that we're reading today is about Peter, who had faith when he saw Jesus walking on the water. He said, Jesus, if it's you, help me walk on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And Peter walked right on that water as long as he was looking at Jesus. But then the wind came up, and he got distracted. He wasn't looking at Jesus anymore. And you know what? He started to sink. And he said, help me, Jesus. And Jesus said, here, take my hand, and helped him into the boat. And that's the kind of faith that we need to have. Now, you guys are going to have faith that somebody's going to put money in those buckets, right? Yeah. I'm, here's, here's the first donation of faith. I had faith that there'd be enough shoes for all of the kids that came for shoes. And you know what? Jesus provided that. So faith in Jesus is a very important thing. Amen? Amen. So take the buckets and have faith that somebody's going to put some money in there.
this. This is wonderful. Thank you. Now we're going to say a prayer. Lord, we are so grateful for everybody that contributed this morning. We are great, grateful for your faithfulness. Thank you for these children and the families they come from. Bless them this week as they go about their business and get ready for school. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Prayer hymn this morning is only trust him, verses one and three, number three thirty seven. As we go into our time of prayer this morning, over the past couple of weeks, we have lost some long-standing members of our church, Lois Fisher, John Bailey, and many Sturgeon. When we think about those who have gone before us and who have nurtured us in many different ways, we can remember their faith as we continue to grow in ours. Let us go before our Lord in prayer. Gracious and merciful God, still our hearts. 
still our minds and let them rest in you. When we think about faith, oh God, we, we don't always understand everything. Because faith is just that. It's knowing enough, but not knowing at all. But trusting there is something that is true, that is worthy, and that draws us in. And Lord, you are that one. It is in you that we have faith, because you are faithful. It is you who has awakened us to you, that continues to show us more and more of you. And you do that through the pillars of the church, through different people who have shown they have faith, that encourages us in our faith. As we think about those who have passed recently, oh God, we, we remember. Remember their lives and what they have invested Invested in their faith, invested in their church, invested in their community. May we also be ones who will someday be seen as those who have shown their faith. It's not just something that we recognize, it's something that people can recognize in us. Lord, we are grateful how patient you are with us. How you love on us and you love on us and you keep loving on us. Lord, there is so much joy that we can have in you. How we can see the world so much differently when we concentrate on your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light. The light that shines so brightly that you can see so clearly. And the light that not only shows what we can see, but enlightens us from within. This is what faith is. Being enlightened to the light. And to trust in it. Oh, we trust in Him. Trust in Him. Without you, O oh God, we see life as only a dead end. But with you, we see life never ending. Everlasting life. So help us to see life anew. Life that is bright. Life that is one that we can look forward to, that is filled with hope as we walk with you. Let us share now the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It was so exciting being able to witness the shoes for the shoeless for the first time uh, for me. Uh, it, it was interesting to see how uh, families would trust us, how they would come and knowing that they could count on us. This is something that we should want to continue to do in our community, and not just the shoes for the shoeless, but in so many different ways, how we can connect with our community in a way that shows that they are loved. As we continue to be the church, this is the message we want to send. Ushers, would you please wait upon us? sunshine and meadow, we present these offerings as tokens of our lives in grateful praise for your love for us. Use these gifts for the ministries of hope and justice in this, your broken world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing for the gospel reading. 
The gospel reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, 22 through 23. Jesus walks on water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Before I, before, just a minute, Jean, Jean, just a second. Um, listen to these words. These words are. Uh, for those people who have passed before us. Thank you, Jean. Go ahead. Ready? Father's waiting too 
Lots of folk gathered there, all the friends I knew, all the friends I knew. Victor and Jean. Well, I have a confession to make. I haven't always been comfortable with my faith. For the longest time, I associated my faith solely with attending church. It was something I did for an hour each week. I was taught that it was important to go to church, but I was slow to understand that there was more to faith than public worship gatherings and other church activities. So for the longest time, I was comfortable with not thinking, talking, or doing anything about my faith, except for when I was in the church building. I was uncomfortable when others around me were talking about their faith, especially if it was different from mine. Working in the software and engineering fields, I had many co-workers who practiced Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and other Far East religions. I also worked with a few Mormons and some Jehovah's Witnesses. 
They were more than willing to share their faith with me. But I was quick to exit the conversation when the topic of faith came along. I was even uncomfortable with the thought of going to a Sunday school class or some other study as an adult. If it wasn't for my wife encouraging me or maybe taking me with her, I would not have willingly opened myself up to conversation about my faith. And for a long time, it was a one-sided conversation, and all I did was listen. It was as if I was comfortable with having faith, but uncomfortable with walking in faith. To walk in faith, we don't have to have it all figured out. Or to reach some predetermined level of biblical knowledge. To walk in faith, we have to admit that we don't have it all figured out. To walk in faith, we have to accept that we need a supernatural power to save us from ourselves. To walk in faith, we recognize that supernatural power is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that Jesus Christ, the Son, is the one who was sent to save us from ourselves. To walk in faith, we walk with Jesus in confident hope, not just understanding who Jesus is, but accepting it wholeheartedly. We walk in faith with Jesus in every step that we take, unashamed and fearless. That's what Jesus desires for us and and offers us. Jesus is faithful and ready to walk with us. Will we walk with him? Often this passage with Jesus and Peter walking on the water is focused on Peter. But today I wanted to direct our attention to what this story in Matthew's Gospel of Jesus Christ reveals about Jesus. The one who we are to walk with in faith. What do we need to accept about Jesus to walk in faith? The Gospels were written to share Jesus with the world. To introduce who Jesus is, his ways, his mission, and the relationship he desires to have with his disciples. So when we read the Gospels, we should be focusing on Jesus to see what the, what the writer has to say about him. To help us grow in our discipleship. To set the stage for this passage, we have to look back just to the previous paragraphs. We have to know that Jesus and his disciples were on the northeast side of the Sea of Galilee, where they had gone to escape the crowd and the politically charged scene on the west side, where Herod Antipas had John the Baptist beheaded. We talked about it last week. When they arrived in that remote area, Hoping to get away, they found that the crowd followed them, which resulted in a long day of ministry and ended with the feeding of the 5,000. That's where we pick up the story. When Matthew writes, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. 
Don't you find it odd that Jesus would send the disciples away before the crowd was dispersed? Jesus handling the crowd of thousands on his own so the disciples could make their way back home. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it seems to me that Jesus was protecting his disciples in some way. I don't think Jesus sent them off just so he could have time alone. It took a while for him anyways, just to get the crowd to, to move on its way. And after the crowd was gone, Jesus spent the next several hours praying and discerning next steps for carrying out his Father's will. Jesus' concern wasn't just for himself, but for his disciples and the mission to share the good news with all who would hear it. Jesus wasn't just praying, he was at work interceding. For those of us walking in faith, we accept that Jesus is always interceding for us and his mission. See, we may not always understand why Jesus is sending us one direction or another, but we can be confident that if we sense the Lord leading us somewhere, there's a reason. It could be to protect us, prepare us, or propel us forward in our personal faith growth or in his mission. The more steps that we take with the Lord, the more confident we will be in taking steps in faith. So Jesus sent the disciples across the Sea of Galilee, which could have been a couple mile trip uh, to the other side. It should have taken a couple of hours to row across. With seasoned fishermen on board, there was no reason for them to have concern uh, before they left the shore. Later, they encountered the winds in the middle of the waters. With Jesus on the mountainside, and the disciples down in the challenging waters. Some theologians see this story as Matthew alluding to the persecuted church in mission without Jesus' presence, his physical presence. The encouragement for the early church was that Jesus was still interceding, and as Matthew shared next, active in the mission. As he described, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now, there are a lot of details left out of the story, so we have to fill in some of the blanks, and I have to believe that Jesus knew they were in trouble. So he concluded his prayer time with his father and went out to help them. Now Jesus didn't grab a, a boat and start rowing out to them. He revealed more of who he is by walking across the lake. Jesus wasn't just another prophet or a teacher. He was able to hover over the lake. As for the ghost thing, I completely understand why the disciples thought that. 
It would have been hard to see clearly when it was in the pre-dawn time. Not to mention that the superstition of their culture was that evil spirits reside in the deep waters. Admit it. It would have been eerie seeing an outline of a man on the water. Jesus understood this. That's why he assured them it was him. They could recognize his voice, but they were still in awe of what they were witnessing. See, what they were seeing is what Matthew was revealing about Jesus to his readers. Jesus defied the natural laws of physics and was unimpeded by the wind and the waves. No human can do this. Walking in faith, we trust Jesus is fully divine and Lord of all creation. The one we walk with in faith is God. We can't have faith without belief in the supernatural reality of God, who is creator and master of all creation and who came to us in Jesus Christ, fully human and fully divine. This is important for us because, as I mentioned earlier, we need an authority beyond ourselves to save us from ourselves. However, we have a hard time thinking that we can't do it on our own. We want to walk with Jesus, but we often walk on our own when we need Jesus the most. Peter demonstrated this reality when he responded to Jesus hovering over the water. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. The more time I spend with this story, the more I think about how irrational Peter's reaction was. Now, it was clear that Peter wanted proof it was Jesus. But getting out of the boat in the middle of the raging waters to get a closer look at Jesus doesn't make sense to me. It would have been so much easier to ask Jesus to come closer. Wouldn't it? Anyway, Jesus entertained Peter's request. And was ready to catch Peter when he sank. Jesus then asked Peter why he doubted. What if Jesus' question had more to do with Peter getting out of the boat because he questioned if it was Jesus out on the water. And it was with him sinking. How often do we question Jesus' identity? Are we still wanting proof? Are we wanting to walk on water to be assured? 
Here's what we know in the story. Peter was saved from sinking and returned to the security of the boat with Jesus. Walking in faith, we accept that Jesus saves and assures us of salvation in him. Jesus is there for us in the raging waters and saves us from being overwhelmed when we walk with him. Doubt can sink, seep in easily, especially if we allow it. Be assured, Jesus is faithful. Stay in step with Jesus, and he will bring us into the boat, calming our minds and our hearts and our spirits. After the other disciples witnessed Jesus saving and restoring Peter in the security of the boat, Matthew then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The disciples proclaimed their belief in who Jesus is. All disciples of Christ must come to this conclusion before we can claim that we have faith. Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. When we recognize our need of a Savior and by God's grace are, excuse me, made aware of Jesus and assured of who He is, we should be brought to our knees. Walking in faith, we accept Jesus is worthy of our worship. Does knowing Jesus is Savior and Lord draw us into worship? More so, do our hearts swell with gratefulness and love for the Lord? Where would express that through our worship? Let's take steps together in faith to worship more freely, becoming more and more comfortable with expressing our faith to the world. I know I still have room to grow in my faith. And I continue to see how taking steps with Jesus gives me more confidence to walk in faith. So friends, take steps to walk in faith. Accepting Jesus is always interceding for us and his mission. That he is fully divine and Lord of all creation. That he is our salvation and worthy of our worship. Jesus is faithful. Let's walk with him through fear and doubt. Taking those steps to grow in faith, one step at a time. Amen. Please rise for our final hymn, Here I Am, Lord, number 593.
that song. The first part of it is talking about what all God is doing for us. How we can be faithful by understanding how faithful God is to us. To go in peace knowing that in faith you are walking with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.